The Secrets of Doctor Who is brought to you by the Star Quest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. You're listening to The Secrets of Doctor Who, episode 115. One day, I shall come back. And that's it. I've been renewed. It's when a Time Lord's body wears out, he regenerates. I'm a Time Lord. I'm not a human being. I walk in eternity. Brave hearty. Change, my dear. And it seems on a moment too soon. Unlimited vice pudding! Position universe. Wearing a bit thin. Fantastic. I am Scottish. I can complain about things. Ta-da! She'll be fine. Hi, I'm Dom Bettinelli, and you're listening to The Secrets of Doctor Who, where we discuss everything about the hit BBC series, Doctor Who. Today, we're discussing the 10th Doctor story, The Lazarus Experiment. And joining me today on the panel are Jimmy Aiken. Hi, Jimmy. Howdy, Dom. And Father Corey Stika. Hi, Father Corey. How's it going, Dom? So, folks, remember to like The Secrets of Doctor Who uh, on our Facebook page and to uh, retweet the show on Twitter, where we're at SQPN. Please leave us comments uh, in both places, any place you see it, uh, so that we can get some great feedback from you to share on the show. And we have some feedback to share later on in the episode. Uh, And if you are not yet subscribed, why not? Please subscribe in iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, tune in your favorite podcast app or on YouTube, where you should hit the bell to get notifications of new episodes. And above all, please share the podcast with your friends to help us grow this community, and to reach more listeners. And if you can, please go to iTunes or other podcast directories and write a review. That is uh, one of the most important ways you can help us reach new people is those reviews. So I do Especially if you can give us five stars. Yes. Well, don't write reviews unless you can give us five stars. That's what I want to say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a, a little uh, yelping uh, advice there. So what we're talking about today is the Lazarus Experiment, which is a 10th Doctor David Tennant episode, which aired- With Martha. And Martha Jones, yes, and aired in May of 2007. And uh, it has a number of notable uh, aspects to it, uh, including the fact that it features uh, Mark Gatiss, who has mm-hmm. written uh, a number of Doctor Who episodes, including a couple before this, uh, including, mm-hmm. uh, not Infant Child, um, well, his involvement with Doctor Who actually goes back to the pre-revival series. He right. first wrote, I understand, a Doctor Who novel back during the gap between the uh, Seventh Doctor and the the TV movie. Yep. And he then began to get involved in uh, fan in fan productions, including Big Finish and some mm-hmm. uh, kind of off the books uh, video revivals of oh, Doctor yes. Who. Some very strange <laughs> off the books video revivals featuring yeah. Colin Baker, right? Yeah, yeah. and yeah. others. And he eventually then became a pro working for the series itself. And we've seen him in a few other things. He's This is, I think, his first on-screen appearance, although I could be wrong about that. Yeah. But you get to see him also in... Uh, in um, Twice Upon a Time, where he plays the World War One soldier that the first and the 13th Doctor get in an adventure with. Who is apparently uh, the, the Brigadier's uh, ancestor. ancestor of some sort, uh, father, yeah. grandfather or something. Right. He was uh, in The Wedding of River Song. He was in mm-hmm. A Good Man Goes to War and in... Um, in Heavy Makeup. 
Yes. And uh, he voices Danny Boy in Victory of the Daleks. Uh, yeah. Apparently. So interesting. So and now you 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 will recognize him as also uh, the the writing partner of um, Stephen Moffat, and they are mm-hmm. now two among uh, among two of the most in demand uh, writing par- uh, duos yeah. in Britain. British Responsible TV. for Sherlock. Yes. So uh, so that's Mark Gatiss that shows up here. Oh, also- and he plays. He also plays um, uh, Mycroft in Sherlock. If you've mm-hmm. seen that show, right, right. Mm-hmm. Um, he, I mean, he's a, he's a really great actor, and I really enjoy mm-hmm. him. Uh, unfortunately, uh, in this one, there are aspects of this one where not as great. Yeah. It, some parts are Dr. great. Doctor Lazarus, yes, uh, he plays Doctor Lazarus in this one. Uh, it also um, features just to kind of preview lots of Harold Saxon references, which are mm-hmm. going oh, to be yes. important for later on the season with the return of the Master and John Sim. Um, well, they're pre- they're prepping us. This is another one of those Bad Wolf style arc. Uh, preparations. There's also a surprising number of callbacks to the very beginning of the revived series of Doctor Who, where it's like they're deliberately retreading some of that ground with Martha that they originally went over with Rose. Mm -hmm. Yes, that's right. Uh, Because what we've got here um, is the Doctor and, and Martha returning to present day, say, Whatever the actual present day is in the in the the Doctor universe is, uh, but they're returning for the first time since the Doctor took her away for one trip, which turned out yep. to be what five or six trips. Or yeah. it got embiggened. Yes, and uh, they went to Shakespeare, see Shakespeare, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, so now that they're back, that becomes this an element in this story is. Well, what now? That's really kind mm-hmm. of the beginning at the beginning end of the story. But because we're only halfway through the season. Right. Um, so let me let me see. Um, so yeah. the doctor drops her off and dis- dematerializes the TARDIS and then immediately comes back. And because they've seen something on television uh, right. where Dr. Lazarus has said, as an old man, I'm going to change what it means to be human. The doctor gets in the TARDIS dematerializes comes back and what did he say and this is our first callback because that's how the doctor got rose aboard the tardis was with the dematerialization and a quick return right that's true okay i forgot that you know there was an interesting christmas carol reference here too by the way not to the to the the episode we just talked about but to, to dickens christmas carol in general where he says uh um i got you back the morning after you left even though we went to shakespeare's london new new york old new york all in one night, which is a mm-hmm. call, you know, it's something that uh, the, that we hear from uh, Scrooge uh, in that about the uh, the ghosts of Christmas uh, past, present, and future. Uh, so I thought that was a, I thought that was kind of a funny. I don't know if it was an intentional reference, but it, it felt like it. Um, yeah. So there's this Professor Lazarus who's on TV, um, standing next to Martha's sister Letitia Tish, uh, who is apparently working as his PR person, and uh, he is working for. Uh, we find out Harold Saxon uh, and on this this uh, science experiment has something to do with Harold Saxon. Uh, oh, it just struck me for the first time that Tish and their uh, Letitia and therefore Tish would mean would be derived from joy. Letitia hmm. is in the, Latin. OK, because. Uh, OK, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Oh, cool. Well, Letitia. Well, maybe, you know, that's a nice name. Uh, Someone should think yeah. of for their child. I think I'm. 
I doubt we'll have the opportunity to use it, but so much. <laughs> so, Doctor Lazarus, let's talk about the name first. Uh, oh, <laughs> obvious trait name. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So, Lazarus, of course, is a reference to, and for those who don't know, so I don't shouldn't say, of course, is a reference to the biblical character of Lazarus, who was a friend of Jesus and brother to Martha and Mary. And mm-hmm. Jesus had heard that was sent a message that Lazarus had died. And so Jesus showed up three days later and had them open the raised. tomb and mm-hmm. called Lazarus forth and raised Lazarus from the dead. Uh, I, I like how when he's about to do that, like Martha says, it is the fourth day. Behold, there will be a smell. Yes. <laughs> Very practical <laughs> Martha. Yes. I like that. Yeah. Well, and, and again, hmm, interesting. Martha. Is the yeah. a common yeah. name? I don't know yep. if that's a intentional, but well, then there are some probably not, but it's a nice reference. Yeah, yeah there, there's some references in this though to the Lazarus story of you know the going to the cathedral and right the resurrection and things like that. I mean, there there, there are yeah. very much references to the Lazarus story. Yeah, he emerges from that uh, device, sort of like being called forth from the tomb, etc. Uh, that yeah. that sort of yep. thing. So also, the, while yeah. we're playing the name game, um, if you're wondering why Lazarus, because it's got that us on the end, it sounds like a Latin name, but it's clearly not. It's a Hebrew name. Mm-hmm. It's a Latinate form of the Hebrew name Azariah. Oh, mm. interesting. OK. Yeah, I didn't know that. That's a good one. Yeah. A lot of the names we see in the gospel, including Jesus, are Latin versions of Hebrew names. Uh, Jesus would have, in Hebrew would have been Yeshua or Joshua. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, yeah. But that would be confusing if <laughs> we need Jesus's name to stand alone in the in the Bible. So um, the doctor then, you know, disappears and comes back and says, I'm sorry, did he say he was going to change what it means to be human? And so he's going to stick around for that. And uh, he wangles a uh, wrangles a and wangles wrangles a uh, <laughs> invite to be plus one for Martha at the the unveiling the black tie event. And that's our second reference, because in the end of the world, the doctor mm-hmm. says Rose is my plus one. Here, Martha yep. says the doctor is her plus one. Right. He also says that as they're going in, uh, every time I wear black tie, something bad happens. Uh, is is that a reference in, uh, to something particular or just in general? I, I'm i think just in general. Because yeah, Martha responds, isn't that everywhere you go? Yeah. <laughs> right. Although, oh. In uh, Rise of the Cybermen, uh, in the alternate, mm-hmm. uh, the parallel world, oh, right. uh, yeah. the doctor wears black tie to um, to um, um, Jackie's um, birthday party, party. Yeah. And, and the Cybermen show up. So, yes, that is a, a sort of a, another callback. Uh, the doctor has an awkward encounter with Martha's mom, uh, which is who, who interesting. slaps him. And again, Jackie slapped the doctor in Aliens of London, one of the <laughs> very right. first Rose episodes. And in and fact, the doctor he even. A, yeah. Makes a yeah, reference to that. Uh, well, what is it, yeah. you go ahead and say what he, what he said, because I don't it's, remember. It's it's always the mom. It's like every mom. <laughs> That's right. Always the mom slapping him. That's what it was. Uh, yeah. And, and Martha's mom, Francine, let's call her, give her her name. Francine yep. has reason to be suspicious of the doctor. I mean, she's a little overbearing. Let's let's just be clear on that. Uh, yeah. But she's so suspicious of this guy who Martha apparently just met last night and has mm-hmm. been with ever since then or something it, that i mean she has a little bit of a, a a reason to be a little suspicious yeah they they never warm up her as much as they warmed up jackie no um yeah. but 
she's she's also a more functional human being than Jackie is. I mean, right. Jackie's getting by, but um, but uh, Martha's mom is you know a successful professional person who genuinely does. She has hus- ex husband issues, but she genuinely does care about her children and is looking out for mm-hmm. them. That's right. That's right. She just unfortunately comes across as very unlikable, at least in this one. Yeah, yeah. Well, she, she's general, better than others. Yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, and in fact, um, uh, I was going to say the the later on in the episode, she gets more reason to dislike the doctor when um, you know, creep- a mysterious man who yeah. is not credited or yes. whose name is not given. Right. In he, the story. He keeps like, oh, the, there's something you need to know about this man called the doctor and whispers things to to uh, Francine, who really gets upset at that point. Uh, but yeah. we never find out at this point here what it has to do with. But it's Harold Saxon, the master, uh, poisoning the well against the doctor. Uh, mm-hmm. Only at this point, we don't know who Harold Saxon is. That's right. Yeah, he's, he's just been mentioned a few times. We don't even have an idea of where, where he is or what he's doing. He's just some guy. Right. Uh, we have um, uh, the the, uh, the la- sorry, Lazarus, Dr. Lazarus talking with Lady Thaw, uh, who's a, a, an elderly woman who is apparently his co-conspirator in this. What a, issue. What a name. <laughs> I mean, you Thaw. thought Lazarus was interesting. Lady Thaw. What's, <laughs> the, what's with that? Like, I mean, this is like uh, eponymy. Like you, you are like this is super villain eponymy. You are. If you're called Lady Thaw, you're going to be a super villain. That's like I, yeah. I'm suspicious of you from the beginning. Uh, and so. she does kind of have a thaw in this. I mean, she's initially yeah. coming across as very cold. Well, okay, so we see Mark Gaddis early on in this terrible old man makeup. Right. And and I had forgotten what this episode was about because it'd been so many years since I'd watched it. But as soon as I saw Mark Gaddis in the terrible old man makeup, and yes. I know this is called the Lazarus experiment, I say, this is going to be an age reversal thing. He's going right. to he's going to get out of that terrible old man makeup by being rejuvenated. And when that happens, people start thinking he's attractive, including Lady Thaw. She has a, an emotional thaw with him and wants to rule the world, at which point he sucks all the life energy out of her. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah, so she she dies early in this episode. Um uh, but not before the uh, the newly young Lazarus uh, rejects her as, have you seen yourself? I mean, yeah, it's like, dude, oh that God. was you five minutes ago. <laughs> yes, I mean, that was that was cold. And even for Lady Thaw, that was cold to her. Um, oh. uh, <laughs> There's another aspect of, of Lazarus that's creepy, too, where early on when he's still an old man, He's talking to Tish, Martha's sister. Oh, yeah. And he's 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 like putting the moves on her as an old man saying, interesting perfume. (laughs) perfume. What's that called? And she says, soap. And it's like, oh, snap. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) that was. Although, yeah. But then after he becomes young, suddenly Tish is like, I don't care. I'm an I'm an ageist. I love this new sexy young Mark Gaddis. (laughs) And she has her own emotional thaw regarding him. Yeah, that just was that was pretty shallow on the on the part of uh, Tish there. Um, speaking of the wig, because that's what he's wearing is this uh, wig that he's got. Apparently, this was Mark Gaddis's own uh, prop mm-hmm. wig that he kept from another show that he had done, which was The League of Gentlemen. The League of Gentlemen. That's right, where he played a veterinary David, uh, uh, surgeon, um, <laughs> based on Peter Davison's character in All Creatures Great and Small, which is a kind of interesting. Mm. 
connection of things because all mm-hmm. things connect back to Doctor Who uh, in British TV. And, Everything uh, connects to so Doctor they, Who they in had British trouble, TV. Yeah. They had trouble uh, getting a, a an appropriate a good wig for him to wear in this, so he went home and got this one that he'd apparently kept from from that. <laughs> so uh, this, so he he looks nice and young in this. Um, the doctor recognizes the process. They're using hypersonic sound waves to create a state of resonance. Um, is this because the master was supplying Lazarus with Time Lord tech? Is this how mm. Lazarus is able to? I didn't get that out of it. No, but I mean, they don't actually come out and say it. But given that the, the connection to, to Harold Saxon that we, we see, like how else is Lazarus Laboratories we, we, get this advance? Yeah, well, he, he said that, you know, he had been a child during the Blitz and he dedicated his life to finding a way to cheat death. So I assume he's been working on this his whole life. Mm-hmm. But we do know that Mr. Saxon has been giving him funding. Right. Um, mm. So there is some involvement with the master, but whether it's merely yeah. financial or also technological, they don't really say. I took the doctor's I took the doctor's line as this is yet another case where the doctor knows everything technological. <laughs> right. He knows everything. He knows exactly what it is just by glancing at it. That's true. Uh, I, well, I, I was because of the, the, so, the sonic technology seems to be uh, the basis of uh, Time Lord technology yeah. that I thought Ex- so that might be a connection. Except with the master, instead of having a sonic screwdriver, he's got a laser screwdriver because he's a villain. It has to be cooler. <laughs> that's right. Yep. That's true. Um, standing on the uh, the the top of the building with Tish when he's trying to uh, make the move on her, um, he Lazarus points out where he grew up. And oh no, this is when he was talking with Lady Thaw before he mm-hmm. um, mummified her. Um, are you my mummy? And uh, it's. <laughs> He says, uh, no. she says that, oh, that that place should have a blue plaque uh, on it. And for our American listeners who don't understand the reference in Britain, historical markers have an iconic sort of blue plaque. Yeah, some, something that gets mm. the blue plaque is yeah. a historical. We would say it's on the National Register of Historic Places. That's how we yeah. Americans we have similar things. You drive down the highway in the middle of nowhere and there will be a historical marker. Right. And yeah. that's so uh, and in Britain, which has more history than we do. Uh, I'm not jealous at all. Uh, they, they have more of them, apparently. So um, then we have uh, the doctors suspicious of what he's seeing. Um, Lazarus is having these reactions. Uh, uh, and His DNA is mutating. Yes. Uh, the doctor does a DNA test where he sees this helix mutating on screen in front of him. That's not how isn't DNA that, tests work. Yeah, I was going to say, isn't it amazing <laughs> that DNA scan where it's real time, where they can actually yeah. watch the DNA change in real time? Yeah, yeah no, that doesn't happen. Not how it works, folks. Uh, from the DNA you harvested from a glass, or uh, was it the glass that they got? No, kiss, kiss the back of her hand. Oh, kiss the, the back, back of her, of her hand. hand. Yes. So, so yeah. he's already screened out Martha's DNA or Tish's DNA from that. Or- yes. Whichever one it was. I'm it was forgetting Martha. now. Yes. I Martha, it was, yeah. It was Martha. Yeah. But yeah, it, uh, we'll just move on well, from this, that one this this is kind of one of those you know where you know star trek falls into this too where you know you change someone's dna so of course they their body immediately changes their entire body immediately changes to this new dna code right and then it leads them to shapeshift where you know he goes from <laughs> you know old man to young man to monster back to young man you know right yeah and because the dna mutates also like star trek in star trek 3 the search for spock he's gaining all of this body mass from nowhere Right. Yeah. You know, it's like, OK, you don't gain body mass without eating and metabolizing. And he's well, not doing that. They I do mean, kind of try to make it connected by the fact that 
he's got this energy deficit, so he's gobbling down all the hors d'oeuvres, and then he's sucking people dry like a like a giant spider, and they're trying yeah. to claim that that's where it's coming from. Yeah, but he yeah, it's not enough. Not, to, it's to, not enough. To, yeah, <laughs> because he gets huge like that before he's he's yeah. sucked anybody dry. So, um, uh, we, uh, now I get uh, where he's on the roof with Tish. He does. We do have this interesting uh, little uh, wordplay between him and the doctor, uh, between the idea and the reality, between the motion and the act. And the doctor says, "Falls the shadow," and it's a quote from T.S. Eliot, "The Hollow Man." Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm, but <laughs> as I'm like, that sounds really cool. What does it mean? Like, what does it have to do with what you're talking about? I didn't get mm-hmm. the why they. Apart from to show how smart they are, uh, I didn't understand what the point it, was. It's setting up. It's bringing T.S. Eliot in. And I mean, there's no surface level that I saw either, but it's bringing in T.S. Eliot so that we can have the not with a bang, but a whimper line later on in the mm. episode. Right, right. OK, um, so the uh, the doctor does talk about the curse, uh, the potential curse of living too long. That's that's a something that the doctor often mm-hmm. has been bringing up, uh, especially in the revival. Uh, yeah, and right. with the tenth and eleventh doctor, this idea of being of living too long uh, and seeing everyone die, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, it's uh, it, interesting is that he has the perspective to offer to uh, the Lazarus here, who doesn't realize. And then, um, and then we get the first full glimpse of the actual Lazarus scorpion, which I gotta say, that's a really creepy hey. monster. It, I, it's creepy, but I, I, for me, this was bad monster design, well, especially the jaw. Yes. Yeah. And, it, and, and I just, this is, it is creepy, but it, it also looks ridiculous. Well, it goes yeah, back well, to me that this is kids programming. Yeah. <laughs> it just said this well, it, way, it, as a kid, it would give me nightmares. I, it it mm. looks like a creature from like a mid nineties video game. Uh, Scorpion. I mean, including, King. including the, uh, um, just how they overlay the the graphic of his face, right? Mm-hmm. You know, it just looks look well, bad. It, it looks as bad as the 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 Scorpion King uh, video uh, visual effects that um, from the original movie The Mummy, and then later oh, on yeah. the sequel yeah. with Dwayne Tr- Johnson The Rock as the the Scorpion King. It, that was really bad CGI, yep. and this was mm. on par with that. Yeah, because the face had no resemblance to. Mark it didn't look like him. Yeah. yeah. Nope. Also, so and even worse than the visual effects are the plot holes here. So, you <laughs> know, when we have the we have the monster attacking, call 999 lady. Right. You know, nobody I mean, calls the police. And and then when the security alert happens in the building, we have a security alert that traps people in a building. <laughs> it seems really? like a bad idea. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it's, it's, it's kind of normally the opposite. You want to get people out of the building, not lock them in it. Right. Yes. The, uh, the Well, this is a common supervillain trope, right? The the lockdown. We, we lock down the lair so that no one can mm-hmm. get out. Uh, you know, never mind it. It violates all the fire codes, which these, these yeah. supervillains do not respect. Uh, but, but at least the sonic <laughs> screwdriver can overrule it, so that helps. Yes, yeah, and Martha but, but goes he, to town with it. But here, there's no, there's no reason for it. It's just like, okay, the monster has triggered a security alert, and that locks everyone in the building. Yes, and it's like that's not how you design security systems to protect the public. <laughs> no, it may be layered, maybe lock down certain sensitive areas, and then the public yeah, areas that's... should open out into the to get everybody yeah. out. 
But all doors from- should open automatically with lights pointing the way. That's why we have <laughs> exit signs. It's for emergencies like this. Right. Well, that's, right. I, I think the, uh, you could say, well, it's so that they can't carry out that big cabinet full of you know technology that is top right. secret whatever but still yeah yeah well that's why it's you lock down silly. the sensitive areas but but open up the non-sensitive yeah, areas but, exactly right um well, one thing is interesting to point out the logo for lazarus laboratories i don't know if you've noticed it is very mm-hmm. similar to the symbol that we will see on the master's ring at the end of the season so it's kind mm-hmm. of a, so that we're, they're making that obvious that, that that connection going to be a little more obvious um her now i get Back to Francine, I get her uh, fear on behalf of Martha, her fear, like, but her anger that she that that she gets for the doctor, like she gets excessively angry at the doctor. And I don't mm-hmm. understand it. I just it just seems a little beyond. OK, I, I'm yeah. scared and lashing out. This seems like, no, no, I'm offended by by your presence. And I don't yeah. get it. It seems really early. Yeah, it's too soon even, for that. And this, and this even is before the mystery across. man poisons the poisons her against the yeah. doctor. Right. That's this where I you know, says she comes across as unlikable because, I mean, she's just immediately attacking the doctor for seemingly no reason other than she just doesn't like the fact the doctor is hanging out with her daughter. Right. Yeah. That's actually a big like. So your daughter must have a social life. I mean, it just it seemed weird. Um, there is a nice uh, callback to uh, uh, Classic Who, where the doctor says it took him too long to reverse the polarity. He must be out of practice. Yep. Uh, yeah. That's a nice uh, third doctor callback. And um, and he does talk about the last time he was slapped in the face by a mom. It was Jackie Tyler. And then we get um, uh, this interesting inter- uh, interplay between the doctor and in Lazarus, where he says uh, facing death is part of being human. You can't change doc- change that. And Lazarus says, no, doctor, avoiding death, that's being human. It's our strongest impulse to cling yeah. to life with every fiber of being. And I thought that was a very interesting uh, fact because both in some ways are true. Yeah. So which do you think, you know, who has the stronger argument here between them? What do you think? <laughs> I'm asking you, what do you think is the stronger argument? Um, I don't I don't I don't know that um, that one necessarily is stronger than the other. We do have a very powerful like every other living creature. We have a powerful survival instinct Mm -hmm. and um, that can be overridden uh, in some situations. But we do have a very strong survival instinct. And um, at least in the present condition of humanity, death is an inescapable reality that we all have to face, except for me, of course. Um, (laughs) Yes, uh, except for the doctor, of course. Um, Okay. I just thought it was a a very interesting, true moment in the midst of a sort of what could be a kind of a campy runabout screaming with your hair on fire episode. There's this this moment to address the human condition uh, in a fundamental way, which I kind of enjoyed. uh, I I like the complexity. Yeah, I like the complexity of that. I like how we get the vi- the villain in this episode is not purely a villain. He's got yeah. reasonable points. Don't mm-hmm. agree with him on everything, but he makes reasonable points at times. And we even get a scene with him later where he's talking about his time as a child experiencing the Blitz, right. where he's genuinely emotionally vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And that's nice, too. Right, easy. right. And it, it it's easy and too easy sometimes for for a lot of shows, including Doctor Who. To kind of fall into the the the, the villain says things um, 
that are easily refuted by the hero uh, because they're so wrong. Mm-hmm. But this is one yeah. of those cases where it's not so easy. And, and I, I like uh, that. Uh, another nice line of this is the doctor says, if you live long enough, uh, the only certainty is that you'll end up alone. Right. And mm-hmm. that's, of course, that's hyperbole, but it's there's an element of truth there. And that's nice. We also have an on the nose return from the dead for Lazarus because he 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 at the confrontation at the I guess, business headquarters, um, yep. you know, he ends up reverting to human. They reverse the polarity on the thing to, and re- reverts into human and kills him. And that's when we get the this is how the world ends, not with a bang, but a whimper line right. from T.S. Eliot. They put him in a uh, an ambulance to take his corpse off and he comes back and the doctor's like, should have known Lazarus comes back from the dead. <laughs> yes, mm-hmm. that was. That was a, that was a bit on the nose there, and and he and he escapes to a cathedral, which um, the exterior of the cathedral is Th- Southwark Cathedral that they mention that they show, um, uh, they they call it that, but the interior is uh, I think it's called Wells Cathedral. The interior was mm-hmm. filmed in it. It's a it's a beautiful uh, gothic gothic. Am I am I off base on that? Um, I didn't look at the architecture that closely, but it's old <laughs> old yeah. cathedral. Let's put it that way. But beautiful old uh, church and. Uh, this is where, as you mentioned, Lazarus, as a child, went to to escape from the Blitz. And, um, and so Martha and Tish and the doctor are in there and they confront him and he's about to transform again, they know. And Martha, in full uh, silly companion mode. Well, it's not it's not full silly because the doctor says, if I could get him up to the top of the bell tower, I could do something maybe i've got an right. idea and so martha grabs tish and they start luring him towards the top of the bell tower yeah. as he's transforming i get it she's almost she i mean she comes very close to dying uh mm-hmm. you know so it's a uh, she she very you very almost got in way over her head so to speak yeah um but yes everything turned out well um so the doctor and, and yeah yeah go ahead the doctor's solution is to use the 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 sonic process to use the uh, the cathedral's organ to send out mm-hmm. uh, to amplified sound waves that will knock with him. this with the sonic screwdriver right yep. that will knock him from the t- height of the bell tower to the and, to and the turn, floor turns the organ up to eleven good yes uh, yeah spinal tap reference spinal, spinal tap, tap reference yep and then uh, uh, and and a name drop of Bach or Beethoven Beethoven, Beethoven yes the, yep. uh, yeah. right. Um, what does he say? Uh, there was something particular about Beethoven that he says. Uh, you hang around with him, you pick up a few things. Right, something like right, that. right. Because yep. he, he 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 does the, um, especially about playing loud. Martha says he says sorry, as in uh, yeah. uh, sorry what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that was the, nice. The deaf reference cups uh, his ear. Yeah, but the fact is, is the doctor was almost too late. If it wasn't for Tish, Martha would Martha fell. Tish mm-hmm. grabbed her wrist as she was falling. Yeah. The doctor had waited too long. Uh, to get yep. things going there. So it's a very uh, dear thing there. Um, and then we get, so we wrap things up na- nicely there. The, 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 the monster is dead. Lazarus is dead uh, again. And we go back to Martha's house where the dark says, well, something else that just kind of escalated then. Right. That's uh, mm-hmm. as he's referring to the previous trips. And um, he offers to take her to take her again. And she says, and, and and she's earned it at this point. Right. You know, in that whole sequence where she's leading up to the bell tower, this is Martha earning another trip. 
Right. And that would be the easy thing for them to do is say, okay, got another trip. Let's go. Yeah. And the doctor says that. And then Martha says no. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. she's been treated as like a passenger. His re- rebound girl from Marth from Rose. Right. And she wants to be respected in her own right. And this is the second time she stood up to him. Previously in gridlock, she said, I'm not going anywhere until you really tell me who you're who you are and where you're from. And and he honored that and he sat down and opened up to her and mm-hmm. here she does it again. She stands up to him again and says, I don't want to go with you unless I'm a, unless you I'm a proper companion, in other words. Yes. And he says yes again. Yeah. And so I like how she stands up for herself and that motivates him to give her more respect. I, mm-hmm. I also like how she misunderstands his yes. He says, yeah. oh, OK, if that's what you want. Okay. And she's like, fine, you just go now. We've already said goodbye. And he's like, what? I, I said, OK. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Very much a uh, uh, a man woman moment there, uh, misunderstanding each other. Uh, so and then the doctor kind of admits, well, you never really were just a passenger, were you? Like he sort of admits that the whole I'll take you on one trip was really never what he meant or what he really intended. So um, but as the. As the the TARDIS dematerializes, we get her, Martha's phone rings again and the answering machine picks up. For those of you who are too young, answering machines are these machines we used to attach to our phones before there was voicemail <laughs> that would record <laughs> and, messages. And old people still do. And then they'll listen to who's talking to this on the answer machine to decide do they want to pick up or not. Yes, they screen instead their of just looking at call, Instead of just looking at caller ID and deciding whether or not to answer. <laughs> right, right. Man, it's how quickly things get uh, get, get age here. Uh, so it's Martha's mom calling again. And she says, uh, she says, I know who the doctor is. He's dangerous. Um, this information comes from Harold Saxon himself. You're not safe, which is actually true. <laughs> No one mm-hmm. yeah, we just saw saying. how true that is. <laughs> yes, and coming up next time, <laughs> the <laughs> Martha and the Doctor nearly die again. Uh, so it's yeah. uh, very, it, it's very true. And so, uh, so with their set, this is um, not the first setup for the end of the season, the season finale, but it's certainly a uh, a big advance in that story arc yep. here in this episode. So, um, so a relatively quick straightforward episode i mean this this yeah, is a, a lot going screen. on yeah it's a it's a lot of running about screaming blowing things up sort of stuff but uh almost a half marathon of <laughs> running through corridors <laughs> yeah, exactly <laughs> oh that's a reference to something else uh so um reference acknowledged so any other do you either of you have any other notes on this episode uh, anything i, nope. I missed um yeah, just, just kind of a silly thing, but you know, obviously, women's legs are much stronger than men's are because Tish and Martha ran a lot of miles on those heels. Oh, no kidding, mm. man! Props to women <laughs> going then, up up the the staircase in those uh, in the yeah. cathedral. And then there was there was a good line where they're they're uh, Martha and Tish and the doctor are standing in front of the cathedral, and that they figured out that's where uh, Lazarus had gone, and the doctor says, "Well, where else would you go looking for sanctuary?" Yes, mm-hmm. uh, very interesting. All, it's sort of a, um, yeah, I mean, it's sort of a reference to the Hunchback of Notre Dame, but a broader reference to the concept that people used to find sanctuary in churches exactly. when they were running from uh, persecution or the law or whatnot. So, great. All right, so uh, that's what we have for that. And we do have a little bit of feedback on from a previous episode. Um, let me see here. We have from our episode where we discussed gridlock, um, on our Facebook page, 
Amy Flowers, our friend who uh, comments uh, quite often, is says uh, the about the face of Bo. The identity of the face of Bo was revealed in the episode "The Last of the Time Lords." That it was mm-hmm. Jack Hawkins. Mm-hmm. So thank you, Amy, for for uh, reminding us of the exact episode. And then Danny Butler, who we also heard from last time, he uh, has something on this episode. Gridlock says that uh, Russell T Davies was an atheist. So he did a very faith affirming thing here on purpose. And he's referring to the yeah. uh, the hymns that were sung in that episode. He says, I suppose having family and friends with the kind of faith one could admire inspired him to do this. Of course, what he didn't realize at first is that there's a dark twist. The people are all full of hope in the in the in gridlock, but are ultimately going nowhere. It's a great example of the kind of storytelling that reflects some of our religious discussions. So mm. I think was, he's saying that, you know, it's sort of symbolic of people have the uh, the outward appearances of faith but it's not getting them where they're going right. because it does it doesn't have the depth that's required uh, apparently or something like that what, no, i'm what not do you sure think? that i took would take that lesson away from it i do uh, uh, because it's their faith isn't really it's it is what gets them through this bad situation but it's mm-hmm. not like they're foolish on account of this that right. it's their it's their faith is not making them foolish it's enabling them to cope and and martha um recognizes that uh and i agree i do agree though that um that it is a, a nice faith affirming thing that russell t davis is doing despite his atheism um i think one of the best examples of that in science fiction television is j michael straczynski yeah. On Babylon oh, 5, because right. even though he was an atheist, he made religion a very prominent thing in the show and treated it quite respectfully. Um, he even particularly with the introduction of the Dominican monks to the station. Mm-hmm. And even after the main series, if you look at the Lost Tales, which are a series of short Babylon 5 movies that are all on a single DVD, the lead one is about an exorcism on mm-hmm. Babylon 5 mm-hmm. and it's That's a right. demon that has gotten off of earth and it's a real demon you yeah. know so even though he was personally an atheist he was open to exploring these religious ideas in a fictional universe yeah and then yep. Russell D Davies apparently is so as well uh like we had with the um uh the uh, Satan the Satan pit Satan and the pit, impossible yes. planet mm-hmm. yes yes so, uh, very good. Well, thank you both, uh, uh, Danny and Amy, for your feedback. And we, we love to get more feedback from you folks. So please, uh, uh, like you said, um, let us know. And I'll to go to sqpn.com or the Secrets of Doctor Who Facebook page or send us an email to Who at sqpn.com. We'd like to take a moment to thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create the Secrets of Doctor Who. Uh, today, we want to thank by name Evan S., Marika D., Dwayne A., Father Darrell, and Matt M. Through their generous donations at sqpn.com slash give, they make it possible for us to continue The Secrets of Doctor Who and all the shows we do at sqpn.com. You can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. You can find links to all of our personal social media and websites on our show notes at sqpn.com. And we'll be back next time when we'll be discussing the fourth Doctor story, the Centauran Experiment. So this week was the Lazarus Experiment. Next time, it's the Centauran Experiment. So until then, Father Corey Stika, thank you for joining me and sharing the secrets of Doctor Who. Oh, thank you, Dom. And Jimmy Aiken, thank you as well. Thanks, Dom. And once again, I'm Dom Bettinelli. Thank you for listening to the secrets of Doctor Who on StarQuest. And remember, we need to turn this up to 11. Right. This is going to be fun.